was from Bullock. You know, this is a guy that's for the, for the year shooting 40% from the three-point line, career 36, was having a terrible night shooting the basketball, and, well, terrible night even getting shots up, and he ends up making the big one of the night. So if you look through this game, that's the big play, the Reggie Bullock three that kind of back, broke the back. The, the problem in this night is that you get to a close game with five minutes left and they have Luka, and, yeah. and, and that's virtually impossible to guard. Uh, Larry Markin picked him up, but they're switching. They're getting Mike Conley on guys. They, they, they took advantage of a bunch of mismatches. Christian, Christian Wood abused Ru- Rudy Gay for four or five possessions on a tough matchup. So, you know, that, that's the problem is you, you got to this moment. So let's go back. W- w- the Jazz were up 15. They played brilliantly at times. They were up at the end of the first quarter by a score of 35-23. By halftime, it's three. By the fourth quarter, it's they still hold it off. They have it at four. They hold these things off the whole time. But they get to the five-minute mark, and it's tied, and that's Lucas' show. So looking back at the first 43 minutes of the night, what didn't allow the Jazz to kind of have that cushion that they needed at that point? Okay, so if we back this up maybe to that second quarter, and then this is probably, probably one of the few times all year long when the Jazz have had a, a combination out there on the floor that struggled. I mean, where everyone struggled for the most part because they just could not get anything done. They only scored 15 points in that second quarter in a quarter that uh, where the uh, the Mavericks were struggling, they couldn't make any shots, and, and all of a sudden the Jazz couldn't make any shots there as well. So uh, I don't know. It didn't seem like the style of play changed. They just, you know, wasn't knocking, you know, knocking down some shots. That would have been nice if the Jazz could have stretched the league out a little bit farther in that quarter, but that didn't happen. So, so interesting, the Jazz came in the game as the third most proficient three-point shooting team. They've taken 42% of their shots as threes. They go 0 for 7 in the second quarter. They go 0 for 4 in the fourth quarter. We have two quarters tonight where the Jazz did not make a three. Yeah. And, and and for the most part, David, those weren't very good looks there as well. So uh, they went to a zone, and, and whenever the Jazz were, they were trying to get all the way to the basket for the most part. And, and Colin Sexton is one of those guys. Conley got into the paint there a few times, but... Uh, you know, it's going to happen every now and then, but it, the that, that zone is something I think the Jazz will have to work on. You were really on it tonight on a few points, so let's go to the what were what did the zone? You just touched on a little bit there, but I want you to elaborate a little bit more. What what did, and then the other we'll touch on the other defensive thing they did because uh, you nailed both of them during the broadcast tonight. What, what did the zone really do to Utah? What what is it that it that makes you do? Well, the, with their size out front, I mean, you got Luca, you, you had Bullock, and you had Dinwiddie. Those are the, your 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 your. One-two-two or your three-two type zone that they were playing, and they were switching all over the floor, and the Jazz were staying on the perimeter. Once they were able to break the paint, they were going all the way. So they wasn't. It turned into not a draw and kick to the point where they weren't looking for a three-point shot. Colin Sexton uh, and uh, and Clarkson both, you know, trying to get all all the way to the basket. So those three-point shot attempts were not good. Now, the downside of that is that uh, the Offensive rebounds are, you know, just it's hard to get them. Oh, you should be able to get them. But when the Rock, well, when when the Mavericks missed shots, the Jazz transition wasn't generating any three point shots there as well. I don't know what the final numbers are. We had a number at one point in the game, and I can check it here in a second, where the Jazz in the half court were point eight, and in transition they were one point six. So they were Big two difference. times better in transition, and it, it and we brought it up in the, during the broadcast. And the feeling was, I said, like, we've got to get more transition. We were at about 16 70% transition at that point. I didn't feel like we had much transition at all after that moment. In fact, I'm looking at the numbers. 
We finished at just 14% of our possessions in transition. Dallas, their usual stunningly low number. So we didn't get transition tonight. We were at 1.25 points per possession in uh, transition. We ended up at .9 in the half court, which is a little below average. But we took the fewest amount of threes, didn't get transition, didn't get a lot of the scripts by which follow for the Jazz to win basketball games. The other one, Ron, you pointed out really nicely during the broadcast, was we were driving and getting in the paint, which is our whole premise. And then they were suffocating us yes. in the paint. They just clogged it up. Clogged the paint up, and the Jazz were, again, forcing shots when they, once they got into the paint. Was not able to uh, to find open three-point shooters. Just the bottom line. Feels so One similar of, to the playoffs. We, we said that we sat in this building with the same background, with the same tilted camera up our nose. Uh, <laughs> that we and, and we said the same things. Like the Jazz couldn't get threes off Dallas and Jason Kidd's Mavericks last year in the playoffs either. Usually, David, when you have a when teams are running a three-two uh, or one-two-two or something like that, you 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 get a passer at the free throw line. You get him the basketball. Now you can make some things happen. You can turn, um, or if no one's there, you can probably get to the basket. But there's always going to be a wing open, left or right, because someone has to come over and help. Uh, and you, you can usually get some ball movement to the point where you can get a three-point shot off. And, Rudy Gay did it a couple of times, but other than that, we didn't we didn't see much of it. Cool moment down the floor. Jazz coach Jason Terry taking pictures of the people. Jet was obviously a legend out here and won a championship uh, with the Mavericks. Uh, Jordan Clarkson continues to be marvelous, Ron. 22 points. I think he had eight assists tonight. This is just fun to watch. This is just a completely different player than what we've seen before. Different player, and it, and, and it is fun to watch, and knowing that you know there's a, another – side of his game that um, that we, we hadn't seen since he had, he had been here. Um, starting different than what it was, you know, what it is when he when he comes off the bench. But it's great to see him being able to play two roles. Uh, all right, time for our two stars of the night. Any suggestions in the chat room are welcome. Uh, actually, before we, before we actually do that, uh, just some thoughts on Luca. Like, I mean, it's really, I mean, I don't want to dismiss. We just watched 33, 5, and 11. Uh, he did have five turnovers. I actually thought they, I, I actually think that they made Luca work as hard tonight as he probably has on any night all year. Yeah, we talked about how much fun it is watching Jordan Clarkson play and, you know, all these things. But it's, it's also just watching the Jazz play, period. It's also a, a ton of fun watching Luca because the game just looks so easy to him. I mean, and he can get where he wants to out there on the floor. He's never in a hurry. It's like you can't shake him or anything like that, and, and uh, he's just one of those players that can dominate the game. Those kind of players only come by every now and then, and, and he's very special. All right, some votes coming in for our two stars. RRR says JC and Vanderbilt. Andy says Sexton and Clarkson. Uh, so that's two votes for Clarkson, one for Sexton, one for Vanderbilt. Uh, let's see. What do you got, Ron Boone? I'm going to give it to our starting guards. Clarkson and Connolly. Oh, you're going Mike Connolly as well. Yeah, I'm going to go Clarkson eight and Connolly. Eight assists each movie on that. He's sixteen of her twenty-eight assists, assists came from from those uh, from those two guys there. Sexton would be my third choice. I'll agree with you tonight. How's that? About time. It is about time. <laughs> I have a strong. Uh, Colin did some nice things, but I didn't have a strong feeling on that one. So if you're going with Mike Conley's eight assists, holding it together, plus four on the night. Another 32 minutes is a lot for Mike tonight, having to guard Luka Doncic a lot of the time getting switched onto him. Okay, the Jazz um, averaged 
29 assists a game. They had yep. 28. Yep. The Mavericks averaged 19 assists a game. They had 20. Yeah. So it's, The Mavericks not averaging assists is a misleading number because they no. usually shoot free throws. But the Jazz did not foul Luka tonight the way he's been fouled. Well, he shot 10. So yeah, 10 I guess throws, they fouled. Yeah. They didn't foul yeah. everybody else. Uh, I will say one thing. Kelly Olenek's foul trouble was detrimental huge, tonight. Huge, yes, and yeah. so it's kind of been this cute story where guys foul so much and they're aggressive and we don't want to take that away from them. But, like, tonight I would say is the time it flew to the other side of that pendulum. Yeah, he's uh, averaging four fouls a game. Yeah, we needed him on the floor a little bit more uh, than he was as well. All right, that is uh, Postcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll give you a Locked on Jazz tomorrow morning from Los Angeles at some point by after I get my blue bottle. Of the pool? No, I'll do it from the hotel. <laughs> My wife, my wife's coming into town. Can you believe oh. it? I know. Mm-hmm. I got like a restaurant at the nice. You know, I got my wife to come. No, never mind. Last time I made a joke about my wife on the air, she happened to be listening. So I'm never doing it ever again. Just tell me, I'll say it. Just tell me, I'll say it. I don't know if you guys know this story. So I have the greatest wife in the world. She and Ron are super, super close. And we were, I don't know what was going on in the broadcast, but we, we were like in some weird conversation. And I decided to like change it. And I kind of like just totally overly zealously fabricated a story about my wife that wasn't totally true at all. My wife listens to our broadcast like a, almost none. Like never. Yeah, almost she, never. She's probably listened to as many broadcasts as minutes as Johnny Juzang has had so far this year for the Jazz. So on this day, we had friends in town, and they couldn't get an Uber, so my wife drove them to the airport. I didn't know this. Part of the reason is because signal doesn't get to the house. And she happened to be driving back from the airport. Well, I didn't, like, sort of throw under the bus. Like, I threw under <laughs> the bus, drove it over once or twice. It was all for entertainment purposes. I'm really glad I'm still married. I love her dearly. I appreciate her forgiving me for that. She was super mad. So today. I heard I that. Not, no, that's what she said. She I was heard that. super mad. Yeah. Um, I was so scared to drive home that night. So tonight, I will not make up a story for the sake of entertainment to make you all laugh. Have a good one.